Charles Spurgeon said, before any great achievement, some measure of depression is very usual. And we see this to be true in the life of Nehemiah as well. Today we're talking about discouragement and how to overcome it as a leader. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel Williams. Excited to be back with you again. I'm so glad you're taking time to spend with me as we walk through this great book of the Bible, Nehemiah, who was tasked to build a wall, help restore people, really love and serve people. And God used him in a great way. And so we're learning a lot of leadership lessons from this case study of Nehemiah. And I pray that as we continue to study chapter four, uh, man, you will be encouraged. So far, we looked at the attack from criticism, right? We see how this is an important part of our leadership. And there's also an attack of harm, opposition, that we have a real enemy. We're in a spiritual warfare. The last subject we see in chapter four that we are going to face as leaders is discouragement, discouragement. I think to be discouraged at time is to be human at all times, right? We all face it no matter how great our calling is, no matter if we're a leader or not. And I think it's really important, especially as a leader, to acknowledge discouragement and understand it's a part of life and it's going to be a part of our leadership. You know, the great leader, Billy Graham, he once said this, the Christian life is not a constant high. I have moments of deep discouragement. I have to go to God in prayer with with tears in my eyes and say, oh God, forgive me or help me. Man, can you relate to that? I think this is why the Psalms are so impactful to so many uh, leaders and alike because they are real. They're emotional. They deal with true life and being discouraged is a part of our life. Psalm 6, 6 says, I am weary with my morning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. You know, David is so real in the Psalms. And it is not a sin to be discouraged or to have hard times. Can you imagine drenching his uh, couch with weeping or or his bed with tears? Uh, you may not be a crier, but I know that if you're like me, you get discouraged, right? And we have to learn how do we how do we go on? How do we lead while we're discouraged? How do we respond well in our emotions? Because the Bible says we we can be angry, but we're not to sin in our anger. Emotions are not a bad thing. Even being discouraged this time, it's not a bad thing. I mean, how many times do you guys get discouraged that you're discouraged? It's okay to be discouraged. It's okay. It's hard to be a leader. It takes a lot of work. You're dealing with people. There's opposition. There's criticism. It's this, that, and the other. And we are finite. We are not God, but yet God uses us. And he could even use discouragement to help us to even go to him. And so here in the last part of Nehemiah chapter four, we see people that are doing this great work that are called by God, they get discouraged. They have had to fight off criticism at this point, even physical harm. They're working and um, really with a tool in one hand and a sword in another. But now the attack is from the enemy from his discouragement. He's not using words. He's not using physical harm. He's he's wanting them to get tired and to give up. And so we must also realize this is a real aspect of godly leadership and following God. John Stott, he said this, the Christian chief occupational hazards are depression and discouragement. 
These are some of the chief occupational hazards of the Christian life, depression and discouragement. And so Satan can use discouragement to make us give up on our calling. So again, we must understand this and learn how to fight and not give up. I know chapter four, it's full of doozies, full of a lot of opposition, criticism, discouragement, but these are real issues. These are real issues that we all face. Booker T. Washington said this, every person who has grown to any degree of usefulness, every person who has grown to distinction, also almost uh, without exception, has been a person who has risen by overcoming obstacles, by removing difficulties, by resolving that when he met discouragement, he would not give up. Everyone goes through this. Everyone has to deal with it. So let's look at how Nehemiah dealt with it and his team. How do they deal with discouragement? Well, in verse 10, it starts in chapter four, a little bit of how they did it. In Judah, it says, uh, in Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burden is failing. There's too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. Now, we see in verse 10, this discouragement happens. People start, stop believing and start getting tired. It was uh, going around that the Jews couldn't do the work. And they were questioning, is this true? Notice that this wasn't even Sambalak or Tobias saying it. This discouragement was coming from inside the camp. In verse 12, it says, At that time, the Jews who lived near, they came from all directions and said to us ten times, you must return to us. In other words, you should give up. Don't don't you think you don't think you can make it come to us? They said 10 times, stop the work, just come to us. Be scared. You'll never do it. You know it's hard when the discouragement's from within, isn't it? When you have self-doubt, when you have people on your team that don't believe These exiles had some reasons to be discouraged. They were facing opposition. Verse 11 said, and our enemies said, they will not, uh, they will not know or see, uh, till we come among them and kill them and stop them. Can you imagine the stress? They were, they were really being attacked by their words, having true opposition. And here's the, the key factor. I think something that you should be aware of. They were halfway done with the work. Halfway done with the work is a very discouraging thing. Being in the middle or in the midst of a situation is a very discouraging thing. You know, I tell people, halt. Don't make a big decision uh, while you're discouraged. If you're hungry, if you're angry, if you're lonely or you're tired, don't make a big decision because you're in the midst of the situation and you need some perspective. And these people were halfway through the work. You know, I don't know what you God's called you to do, but right now you're halfway through it. You're in the midst of it. You're not in heaven and you didn't just start. And this could be sometimes a discouraging place and it's okay. You see, the beginning is full of excitement and expectation. Let's let's rise to the occasion, they said. Let's build the wall. Hooray. People get really excited in the beginning, and they surely get excited at the end, right? It's very rewarding to have a project and you finish it. You see the final product. Hey, look what we did. But man, halfway through in the middle, this is hard. This is where discouragement comes in. You put in the work, and you're still not there. Halfway, it requires faith. Because you still have to do the work and you don't see the product. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. And discouragement often comes when you lose focus and you get tired and you lose perspective. You see, in these people's lives and in our lives, the calling doesn't change. But the people's perspectives did. It was on the circumstance. It was on uh, their own self-doubt. It was on what people were saying rather than what looking to the Lord and what he had called them to do. 
Maybe this is why the Bible tells us we're to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, to find encouragement in our calling, not to look to circumstances, because when we do, we'll get discouraged, but faith, it helps us look to the Lord. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. We need a sustaining work of God to finish the work. He started, he began it, he'll finish it. Looking to the Lord brings encouragement for our souls. And having perspective in this life is huge. It's huge for us. We need to stay focused on God. Psalm 77, 11 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Many times discouragement comes from within because we um, are not looking to the Lord. We're halfway through it. But we need to learn like David to preach to ourselves. who in Psalm 42 said, why are you so downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God. We need to focus on Jesus in the work that he's called us to daily through his word and encourage our souls. When we, when we get discouraged, do we look to God and his word for hope? I sure hope you do. That's the only way you're going to get through it. These people were discouraged halfway through. Many times we wrap up, we're wrapped up in the situation too close to see, not having the right perspective, and God and his word gives us that. And this is what Nehemiah did. This is what he had to do. This is what you have to do. You have to point yourself and people to the Lord in the midst of the work. Nehemiah's response is he reminded the people of God, of God. He didn't say, look how big your enemies are, look what they said, or look at yourself and and you really can't do it. No, he understood all that. But he said, look to God. Verse 14, and I looked and I arose and I said to the nobles and to the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Do not be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, he says, and, and fight for your brothers, your, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Remember the task at hand. Remember why we're doing it and who gave us the call. Can I just stop and pause the Bible study and ask you a question? Are you remembering your calling? Are you remembering the, the passion, the love that God has for the people you want to minister to? And are you fighting for your brothers, for your sons, for your daughters, your wives, your homes? Do you remember this great and awesome God who called you to serve him? It's important what you do. Be reminded of who God is. He's great. He's awesome. Nehemiah reminded them of God and their great calling. And we need people in our lives like this, don't we? Nehemiah is to point us to our great calling, to remind us of God. And you know, we need to have great leadership and do this to other people to point people in their discouragement to the Lord and to his truth and to their great calling. Do you have people in your life to encourage you in the Lord? Are you an encourager uh, for other people and pointing them to the Lord? Man, we need to be people like this, reminding each other of our hope and truth that we have in Christ. James 5, 19 through 20 says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. It is good for us to be encouraging one another in God's truth and bringing each other back to the Lord and to to the calling he's given us and to the wonderful truths of God. Well, verse 15 and 23, the end of this chapter, it teaches us that this is how we're to face opposition. Together. We have to persevere together. People continued the work together and it was hard. 
Verse 21 says, So we labored at the work, and half of them held spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. We shouldn't ignore how hard it is to follow God at times, but the reason these people were able to finish the work and do these things because they were able to persevere in community. Some of them were working while others were guarding. Then they would take turns and switch. We should recognize that we need one another and we make each other better. This is why doing this great vision in a team is so important. There's a great benefit of following God and his plan with other people. Let me give you three encouragements quickly. People, about people and how they can help. They can help inspire you. You know, when you're doing things alone, you think it's all about yourself and you're just looking inside. But if you look outside and see other people, um, you know it's possible. You you get reminded, you get encouraged. Even the habitual thing of going to church and seeing other people's uh, faith, it could inspire you. You know, I'm reminded of this story. I won't go into it. I may have mentioned it before in this podcast, but there's this in history where a man wasn't able to run a five minute mile. It was just it thought impossible. And the crazy thing is, is there was one guy that trained, 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 and he finally did it. And it took years and years and years and competitive running to break the five minute mile. And then as soon as he broke it, it was like the floodgates were open. And within another year, tons of other people broke the record. Why? Because they were inspired. They were like, wow, it could be done. And oftentimes when we walk in community, we help each other because we could say, you know what? That person went through this. It could be done. They survived cancer. They overcome that addiction. It could be done. People can help inspire you in the calling. I know for me, I get inspired all the time. Like what would, what would, what would, uh, you know, Billy Graham say in this moment or Chuck Smith or, you know, this pastor, that, like, what would these guys do? They inspire me. That's why I love reading um, autobiographies and history and what actually took place. We can help each other when we do things together. Next is people can help you when you're down. We're all going to get discouraged because we're all human. But listen to what Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 say. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. We're called to help one another out, Romans 15, 1 says, to carry each other's burdens. And people will not only inspire you, giving you a vision of what could be done, but when you stumble, they can actually help you up. You remember in this text in chapter 4, it was crazy because Nehemiah set up a system for help. He set up a system. He said, hey, listen, if you stumble or you see an enemy coming and you need help, blow your horn and other people will come alongside and will fight with you. And it's so encouraging to know that we are in a fight alone, that we take up the shield of faith and it's connected to other people's uh, faith and it builds us up and we do it in strength. There's strength in numbers, as it said. So people can help inspire you. People can help you when you get down and people can help build your faith. You know, coal together is hotter. It's called white hot. This is why the Bible tells us to keep in fellowship or in tune with the spirit and in God's people to not neglect the gathering of the saints. Because when I see like my like when I see like people going through a hard time and they're still in the house of God, worshiping God it inspires me, it helps build my faith. I don't know. I can't tell you how many times I get my faith built as I'm preaching God's word to people that I know that are suffering, that are having a hard time, that are not giving up. It builds my faith and makes me want to follow God as well. And so, man, these exiles were fighting together and they were better together than alone. 
They didn't give up, but they kept fighting a community. They built systems around to help one another, to build one another up, to inspire each other, to build each other's faith in this hard situation. And I found that to get through discouragement, I need others to keep me going. I need community and so do you. I think we all need help of the help of God, of course, but God, don't forget, uses people to help us, help us not to quit. So let's lean in to the community that God has placed in our lives before us and let's continue to bring our burdens to the Lord in prayer, but also realize God wants to help and use his people to encourage us. And listen, if you're going through a hard time, blow your horn, let others come alongside of you. Don't, don't, don't feel bad. Everyone's going to go through discouragement and you and God wants to help you uh, through his people to minister to you. And so may you be dis- may you be encouraged, understanding, knowing that uh, discouragement will always be there, but we can find encouragement in the Lord and in his people. Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah. Well, hey, we're back at it here in Tacoma, Washington with Pastor Joe Williams, who pastors Calvary Chapel in Tacoma, been a pastor my entire life, my father, my daddy sharing wisdom with us off the cuff. We're trying to dig deeper into the lessons of Nehemiah, pastor's perspective, and dealing with these issues that are real with everyone. Uh, Things that leaders deal with, that you're dealing with, and I'm just so grateful to have uh, insight and wisdom from him that will encourage you. And especially we need that encouragement as we talk about discouragement. Uh, In the lesson we saw that uh, discouragement does come, the hard times do come, and let me ask you and start with this. Uh, Daddy, what are some things that have discouraged you in the ministry over the years? What are some things that you've dealt with and when it comes to discouragement? Well, uh, discouragement is going to come to all of us. Some things I've dealt with over the years is, you know, it's just for months and months, the church just didn't grow, you know, just like it was more people were leaving than coming in, just leaving, leaving, leaving. And um, that was kind of discouraging. Even people that you thought that would stick by you, and they said they would stick by you, but they didn't. They end up leaving. Um, that that was discouraging. You know, it was it was discouraging to to see them go. You know, you but you but you um, still have to deal with the people that are left, although you feel discouraged. Although I felt discouraged anyway, I didn't stop. I went out and preached, although I was discouraged. I still went out and preached every Sunday. And I was probably the most discouraged person in the church. But I kept on doing it. I kept on doing it. You're not going to always be up. You're not going to always be down. Discouraging time is going to come. And I think discouragement, Satan probably uses on most of us you know, to stop us from doing what we're doing. Yeah, it's not going to always be a rose garden. Um, You you know, I've had people that I've known for, you know, 25 years just walk out, you know, and um, 
you know, they say things and say things behind your back and they gossip and, you know, it's, it's discouraging to hear that, but you just have to just keep on doing what you're doing and keep preaching the word because God is going to deal with all of that. You know, we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account. All those people that's causing the problem, they got to stand before God one day and they got to give an account for it. You know, you know, words say, you, you know, we should not touch God's anointed. So, you know, uh, discouragement is very powerful, especially when you think that people really are behind your ministry and then they end up leaving people you've known for a long time. I think, boy, that's that's kind of hard. But, you know, you just keep going in spite of what <laughs> in spite of what they do. You just keep doing it. God will bring you more people in, more friends. So just keep on, keep at it. Don't stop. And over the years dealing with discouragement, what are some things that helped you to overcome? Was it having other people encourage you? Was it uh, going, doing quiet time with the Lord? How do you overcome when you're discouraged? Well, many people... Uh, when people left, there was many people who stayed. They were the ones that really encouraged me, the ones that stayed. You know, the ones that stayed, they say, hey, we're not going, we're not leaving. God has brought us to this church and we're going to support you, you know. So I found it very encouraging. Yeah, some people left, sure, but there was a lot of people who stayed and they were very encouraging. They said, hey, you know, uh, we really like your ministry. We like your teaching. We enjoy coming here, and we're going to stay. So I said, okay, right, right on, you know. That was very encouraging. So I just kept doing it. And we know the power of encouragement in words and even those people encouraging you with their words. How do we as leaders use our words to give life? What are some specific ways that you've found over the years really help encourage people? Because it's not only the, the leader that goes through discouragement, but the team that goes through discouragement, the congregation that goes through discouragement. What do we do to help people uh, that we see that are discouraged? Well, you come along beside the person and say, hey, what can I do to help you? You need prayer. Can I pray with you? Hey, let's go out to coffee, man. Let's go out to lunch and talk. You need somebody to talk to? Hey, man, talk to me. I'll, I'll stand with you. You know, we want to let the people know that we're there. Not necessarily we have all the answers, but we'll we'll walk with you with uh, we'll walk with you through your trials. We'll stand with you, and we will help you. You know, so let them know that you're there for them, and that let them know that you've been encouraged and discouraged also, and let them know that they are not alone. It's just you know this is just part of life. This life sometimes is just hard, discouraging. You know, especially now when you look at everything that is going on, if you focus on that, you are going to get discouraged. We know what we are aware of it. It's true. It's real what's going on in the world. It's very negative right now. But if you dwell on it, you're going to get discouraged. So, you know, you know, Philippians 4, 8, Paul said, whatever thing is lovely, whatever thing is true, a good report, there be anything praiseworthy, Think on these things. Think on positive things, you know. Fill your mind with positive things. Uh, 
if God has really called you, uh, the gates of hell cannot overthrow it. You know, if it be of man, it's not going to go any place. But if, be, if, if it be of God, nothing can overthrow it. So you just keep on, you just discouraged or not, fearful or not, you just keep on doing it. Now, why do you think it's important to know that we all deal with encouragement? Why do you think it's important to talk about this subject and to say, hey, man, you're not alone in this, this battle? That's what I want people to know, that they're not alone. We all go through the same things. They're not alone. You know, people are people. Uh, you know, some some weeks seem like they're for you, and the next week it's almost like they, they're against you, you know. But some people, they have the ministry of discouragement, seems like. <laughs> so, so they just think that God speaks to them in a special way, and man, like they're so spiritual, and you ought to be teaching uh more of the Greek and you should bring out more of the Hebrew and all of this and you know I tell them I said, this is my style this is the style that God has given me uh, you know I, I'm sure my teaching has changed over the years as you grow in, in Christ your teaching will change but I tell people hey I can't be anything I'm not and you can't either you can't be me I can't be you you be who God has made you to be. And if people can't accept that, uh, I'm sorry. That's, that's not your fault. Well, any last words you have for people that are discouraged right now? It's, I know it's been a season of discouragement. It yeah. seems like we're persevering a lot more. Things It's like you're going up, uh, up the current, and it's a lot harder. And so what encouragement do you have for us in this harder season of uh, of life right now. You know, David encouraged himself in the Lord. You're going to have to learn to encourage yourself in Christ. And there are some people in the fellowship in your church that are very encouraging. And um, draw your strength from them. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And again, you're not by yourself. We all go through the same things. Most pastors I hear in the state of Washington, we kind of, you know, we don't hardly get together. You know, we don't hardly fellowship with each other. Uh, so when somebody goes through a trial, when a pastor goes through a trial, it seems like he's by himself. He don't have anybody to really to turn to. So he just fights through it all by himself. I think that's kind of sad. But you find someone that you can talk to that you can bear your heart with, who can encourage you. Because you're going you're gonna to have those times. You're going to have those times. And when you do, you go to the Lord, as David did. And, uh, you know, David said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. God is with you in this. You're not by yourself. People might come and go in and out. But you know what? God's not going to leave you. And you've got to believe that. No matter if you only got 10 people, it doesn't matter. You be faithful to those 10 people. God is able to give the increase at his time when he thinks it's ready and not yours. So hang in there. Keep the faith. Keep keeping on. God is good. God's with you. And I hope, I pray for your churches that you, you guys will just 
blossom. I pray for your churches, that your churches would grow, and God will bless, bless you richly. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.